Hi, this is Ellie Fishman, and welcome back to part three of Neuroendocrine Tumors. I'm going to come with a very strong finish here. And so I've showed you a number of cases of smaller lesions, and I, you know, because smaller lesions can be obviously much more difficult to detect, some of the challenges in defining them. A lot of the neuroendocrine tumors, particularly the non-hyperfunctioning ones, are large masses. Here's a good example, central calcification, large mass. Often you don't see common duct or intrahepatic duct dilatation. You can see vessel displacement. This was a 7.3 centimeter mass. You can see it involves the GDA, but the GDA is still patent. If I go to the 3D mapping, you nicely see the hepatic, and you see the splenic, and you see the SMA, and the uh, patient's um, celiac. And again, the tumor is vascular. You can see the blush on the MIP images, but you can see it's not invading anything. If you go to venous phase, you can see the mass is pushing into the duodenum. It's compressing and involving the patient's splenic vein, uh, approximately, but mainly the SMV beneath the portal vein SMV junction. Again, you can see how this tumor now is soft tissue density. You don't appreciate any of the hypervascularity. There's some common duct dilatation. And there's no doubt if this is your only images, you're thinking more adenocarcinoma than neuroendocrine tumor. In this case, look at the vascularity of the lesion when I show you the cinematic. This is from the arterial phase, but a very specific, I believe, signature. You can see the vessels coming off. Here it is on a coronal display, gallstones layering out in the gallbladder. You can see the vascular map, the vascularity of the lesion, the septations, which you can see very nicely in this image. And then we can play around with the rendering parameters. So now I've hidden most of the tumor except for the blush. Mainly I've hidden the normal gland that I see the tumor. And you can see the GDA there. You see hepatic artery looks okay. Hepatic artery, the common hepatic comes off the SMA, a variant. And if I change it again, now I'm showing you just the vessel. So one of the things I can do with cinematic and with volume rendering in general is isolate varying structures. Here the vessels look good with a little bit of encasement of the patient's um, GDA. But again, very nice correlation of the tumor to vessels and the fact the patient from an arterial side on these images is resectable. And then here you can see on the venous side the compression and occlusion of the portal vein SMV confluence. Again, look at the patient's tumor. You see how it's necrotic and cystic? You see the patient's collateral vessels. You see some contrast in small bowel. You see the fact that tumor, uh, this is another example, vascular not very well defined. It's unusual. It's kind of almost looks like it's a duodenal lesion, but it's really a neuroendocrine tumor invading the vessels, but also invading the uh, duodenum uh, from the third and fourth portion of duodenum through the jejunum, past ligament of trites. Here it is again on the coronal view, the vascularity, the invasion. You can see tumor going into bowel very nicely. You can see the vessel encasement very nicely. So really an impressive example of an invasive neuroendocrine tumor. Here's a few more images showing you the tumor on venous or at least late arterial phase growing directly into vessels and the occlusion. So just beautiful example of occlusion of the portal vein, splenic vein, SMV junction, multiple collateral scene. And again, here is a 3D map, which really nicely shows you the patent vessels, the collaterals, here it is again, where specifically the mass is, and its involvement of the portal vein, with the occlusion of portal vein by SMV, just a very nice example shown elegantly on the image on your right. And the collaterals, because of the occlusion, are very nicely seen.
Now, I spoke about different vascularity in tumors of, that are neuroendocrine in nature. I mentioned a little bit about cystic, but let me talk about cystic in a bit more detail. Since we always think about neuroendocrine tumors as hypervascular, what's the story of these cystic lesions? Are they different? What is it? Well, they're classically, uh, they can be associated with things like MEN1, not always. Um, sometimes these spontaneous lesions just are cystic. Uh, we can see cystic changes in large lesions, but then the rest of the lesion is vascular. This is where the lesion essentially is almost all going to be cystic, but you will see some rim enhancement, particularly on later phase imaging, particularly if you do volume rendering or cinematic to accentuate that. Um, treatment in terms of uh, the cystic lesions usually is no different. Sometimes they're more aggressive. Here's a good example. You see that rim-like enhancement? That kind of tells you that's not a simple cyst. It's not an IPMN. It's not an MCN. 25% uh, are associated with MEN syndromes. Up to 10% of patients can undergo cystic degeneration, and this can mimic a true cystic neoplasm. The enhancing rim becomes very critical, and uh, a pancreatic adenocarcinoma with necrosis or a SPEN with hemorrhage can be mistaken for a uh, cystic pancreatic lesion. Uh, but look at this nice example here, lesion tail of pancreas, particularly well appreciated on the image on your right, the thickening of the wall, the irregularity, the nodularity, here it is again, and this was a cystic neuroendocrine tumor. Just a very nice example, and we are seeing these more common. This is actually relatively large. The cystic ones we typically see are this, three centimeters or less. Again, there you look quickly, you say, aha, that's a um, IPMN, something benign. Here it is with the, with the 3D. Now you see the enhancing rim. You don't have enhancing rims in IPMN. You have enhancing rims in serous adenoma, also in some of the neuroendocrine tumors that are just hypovascular. We have seen that the lesions that are cystic with enhancing rims at times tend to be more aggressive. That's something to keep in mind. And here's just a beautiful example with rim enhancement. Now, not every lesion that's cystic that's a neuroendocrine tumor is small. Here's a large lesion in the region of a duodenum. Look how cystic the lesion is, and look at other areas how vascular the lesion is. And you might say, well, what is this, a spen tumor? That's a possibility. Is it a, car is it a carcinoma arising in a cystic lesion? I guess you can think of that. But the best lesion is a neuroendocrine tumor. You could also have thought about a serous adenoma, but the solid components really are not something you would see. So here, depending on where you look, the lesion looks more solid, or almost all solid, or it looks more cystic. So it's really a range, and here you can see it nicely as well. And here you can see it also. Cystic, solid components, large lesion, exophytic. You might even question, could this be duodenum? And there's just one more look at that. Now, I mentioned in, um, before about cinematic rendering, and I showed you many examples how potentially it can play a big role not only in the visualization and detection of these lesions, but also in the classification of these lesions, and also in surgical planning and the like. Um, here's a nice example of the cystic-type neuroendocrine tumor with the rim enhancement. You can see how it kind of looks like a shell. So what you're seeing is inside the cystic lesion, you're seeing the border, and that's very nicely seen here and on these full set of images. 
Now, in terms of um, neuroendocrine tumors that are cystic, people have said, and I showed you an example, that the less vascular the lesion is, the more problematic, the higher aggressiveness it is. Some lesions like this one, you know, it's hard to call that a neuroendocrine tumor. You could say it's, a, it's an IPMN, is this some type of cystic lesion beyond IPMN, a oligocystic serocystadenoma, poor location for MCN, but you begin to worry and wonder. Here it is again. Gosh, that looks like a, a nothing lesion. And some of these we've seen, I have to admit, we thought they were cysts. Patient had symptoms, they'd done EUS, and it was a neuro, it was a neuroendocrine tumor. It can be tricky, and here's just, I showed this case as a warning that not every case is so easy. You gotta look careful for enhancements, septations. You need to have a quality study. Vascular map here looks great. And again, with this case, I did do the cinematic. I think the cinematic kind of does suggest that this is more than simply just going to be a simple cyst. The shadowing, here it is in the coronal view, the uh, essential nodularity. Uh, so again, a very, very important diagnosis. Very important thing to think about are these um, cystic neuroendocrine tumors. And this example here is as good as it gets. And again, the varying appearance. So that's, um, that's a lot of neuroendocrine tumors. Believe it or not, I have hundreds of more images. As I said, we are seeing so many of these cases. And if you go to CT as Us, our teaching file, you're going to see lots and lots of cases. So let's summarize. We talked about neuroendocrine tumors. We talked about arterial versus venous face imaging. That typically arterial is better, though often you can't see them on venous, though some become isodense. We talked about vascular enhancement. We talked about how lesions can be cystic with rim enhancement. We talked about how lesions can have dense central calcification. We talked about the vascularity. We talked about encasement, where adenocarcinoma encases surrounding the vessel. Neuroendocrine tumors grow indirectly into the vessel with kind of a meniscus sign. We talked about the vets or the vascular lesions in the liver. That liver mets are almost always very vascular. That's not unique. Kidney cancer can do the same thing. But um, sometimes you do see non-vascular liver metastasis, so it can happen. We talk about how the spread of disease, whether it's to nodes or to bone, can often classically be very vascular. And then I did touch on some of the potential uh, things going forward from deep learning to machine learning to cinematic rendering and how all of this can only improve what ends up being a very challenging area. And with that, that's the end of part three. There is no part four. There is no tomorrow. Catch you next week. Bye.